Well, hello again. This is Heather Bayer. And this is Vacation Rental Success, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything to do with our great industry of vacation rentals. And welcome to episode number 13. Well, it's great to be back with you again. And I was having this discussion with uh, Mike the other day, and he said he'd listened to every one of my podcasts. And he had noticed that I always open either the introduction or the interview by talking about the weather. And it wasn't something I was really aware of. Um, I know with my British background that uh, we, as Brits, we tend to discuss the weather all the time because it, it's always it's always so different and, and it's never as forecast and it's something that the Brits seem to complain about a lot. And it wasn't until we got out to Canada that I realised that Canadians do exactly the same. And and it wasn't very long before I got into this. And you've got to think about it that we have local radio stations where there is a weather forecast every five minutes. And and it's usually different every five minutes. So it's hardly surprising. So I'm, as I said, it's something I wasn't really aware of that I did. And uh, I'm very conscious of it now. So So this is probably, no, it's not. I was going to say this is probably the last time I will mention the Ontario winter. But, you know, we're still living in the freezer. So so there you are. A quick mention. Sorry, Mike, done it again. You know, you never know. I could end up getting a job as a forecaster or a radio weather person. And I could announce the weather every five minutes. Mm, maybe not. Maybe not. Anyhow, I've been spending some time this week and, and over the last couple of weeks and I think I mentioned this before, looking at a lot of listings, because I had this, this discussion with with Erin Raab about copywriting. So so I spent the time looking at the listings, and of course I was looking at the photographs as well. And I've also been involved with um, a number of other owners recently, just doing some reviewing of their listings and doing a little bit of consultancy on, on how we can um, create much better visibility for their listings by, by changing the text and by changing the photographs. And I see a lot of very, very poor photographs on listings. It's clear they're not professional photographs. And it really got me thinking about the ones that I'm using on my own listings because they're they're not the best either. I mean, we aren't, in general, we are not professional photographers. We're not taught how to use these fancy cameras. And mostly we have a small digital point and shoot or I know that a lot of people just use their their iPhones to take the photographs and don't do much editing after that. So I spent almost a day going through a ton of listings and just picking out what I thought were the best and what I thought were the worst uh, of the photographs. And sadly, there were a lot in that latter category, um, the worst that you can possibly imagine. I st- if you've been listening to me for any period of time, you'll know that I have a real down on photographs of toilets. And I seem to have got obsessed with these, with, with every time I look at a listing, I'm checking out to see if there's a toilet photograph. And I was amazed at the amount of bathroom pictures that show the toilets with the seat up. Okay, so I'm down off my soapbox now. But generally, the quality of photography is not good. So I wanted to find somebody who was not only a really good photographer, but was also a vacation rental owner and who understood 
what our guests were actually looking for when they look at a listing and they look at the photographs that are on either a listing or a website. So I'm pleased to have a professional photographer and vacation rental owner as my guest today. Okay, I'm really pleased to welcome as my guest today, Tyanne Marsink uh, from MarsinkDesigns.com. From looking at Tyanne's About Me page, she has many, many talents. She's a professional photographer, a website designer. She's the owner of two wonderful looking vacation rentals. And I'll be putting, of course, I'll be putting the links to those on the um, on the show notes, so you can take a look at that. She's also the mother of three young boys um, who seem to do a lot of um, sports. So I'm, I believe that Tyanne is um, probably a soccer mom, a baseball mom, um, and a very, very active mom. Uh, also active on social media. You can find her on Google+. Um, she has a couple of websites, she blogs, and she regularly guest posts on other vacation rental blogs. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what uh, Tyanne has to say about photography uh, in our vacation rentals, because we all know how important that is. And um, she seems to be the go-to person in the industry at the moment. So hi, Tyanne, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you, Heather. I hope you're doing well, also. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a wonderful day here in Ontario. A uh, little cool, but uh, we're coping. We're coping with the weather this winter. Uh, spring is <laughs> spring is definitely on the way. Um, Tyanne, tell me about your. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and and how you've got to um, to owning two vacation rentals for starters. Sure. Um, well, we live over in Missouri. And growing up, uh, some of our vacations were down to Branson. And Branson over the years has changed. Uh, my, my dad, actually, when he was a little kid, they went to Branson every single year. And then we stopped going on vacation down there for a while. And one, another family member, my aunt and uncle, ended up buying a house. And everybody thought they were just absolutely crazy. They moved their own personal furniture into this four-bedroom house on the lake and it was the largest rental that you could get in the area well my parents ended up following suit and they sold all their regular rental property here at home and invested in branson and we thought that was a good investment and we did the same and my brother did also so we have um i don't know 15 or 20 large vacation homes down there in our family they range four bedroom being the smallest now and eight bedrooms being the largest. So we've pretty much become the go-to family when you have a large reunion in Branson. And Branson is pretty much uh, the large uh, group reunion place in the United States. It was actually ranked as number two several years ago, uh, just behind Washington, DC. Yeah, I went to uh, Branson for the first time a couple of years ago. Um, in in an RV, and I, th- I think it probably came past your place on the way into Table Rock State Park, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, and I just loved it. We didn't do we didn't go and do the the stuff that Branson is also famous for, which is all those those shows, those downtown mm-hmm. shows. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but we sort of explored the area and the lake, and uh, I have to say, it is absolutely glorious. And I think if anybody has not been to that uh, that part of of the US, it's definitely something that should go on 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 the go to list. It it is a gorgeous area. I thought you you just had the two vacation homes, and I understand that that's what you have of your own. But fifteen <laughs> yeah. in the family that that's got to be a record. Yeah. Um, well, let me think. So eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. there's 16 actually. And then dad manages two more for other people. Uh, it's, but yeah, Branson is just, it's amazing. The, the guy who did a uh, Beverly Hillbillies, Paul Henning, they actually recorded one of the early episodes out there at silver dollar city, which is a theme park there by Branson. And he loved the area so much that he bought several hundred acres there. And now there's the Ruth and Paul Henning Conservation Area with miles upon miles of hiking trails. That is just wonderful. We we didn't get to to that that part, but definitely we will be going again in a year or so, and um, I I will make sure we do that because I, I love I love a bit of hiking. And with the snow we have here in the winter, we don't get much chance. Do you um do you geocache, Heather? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there are so many geocaches down there. The one uh, we found is you have to go down over 300 hand-hewn steps that are laid into the bluff and you end in a cave. Oh, that sounds fantastic. That's definitely destination again then. So so you are you are definitely an expert in uh, in vacation rentals, but you're also a professional photographer and yes. and the two obviously go hand in hand. And it's it's interesting, you know, I've I spent a lot of time on listing sites just looking through um, different listings, mainly to see what, what is really, really working for people and mm-hmm. what's not. And I did a podcast, Erin um, Raab, who yes, is to that known as the travel copywriter. And she had such a lot to say about how to, how to create the magical text that's, mm-hmm. that, that invites people to to get lost, I guess, in the listing and get more engaged with it. But she also said, you can't do this without the right photographs. And I know this, it's the photo- it's the photographs that hit you the moment mm-hmm. you go on to a listing. And if the yes. photographs aren't there, if, if they don't catch the attention, particularly in some of these areas where there's so many cookie cutter homes, they're all exactly the same you get bored very, very quickly and just move on to the next one. You want to find something that, that, that marries, in fact, a really fantastic headline, but it's got to have the great photograph to go with it. And then once you exactly. move into the listing, it's the rest of the photographs as well to support it. So so what are your general thoughts about, about listings? Because the majority that I see are not particularly good. Oh, gosh. They're so horrible. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you this though. Vacation rental listings are actually much better than your real estate listings when you want to buy a house. That I am thankful for. One of the reasons I wanted to start teaching people and teaching owners how to do their own photog- photography for their listings or urge them to hire a professional is because I, I start looking for a place for my family. And if the photos don't show me that I can trust the owner, I don't want to stay there. I don't want to send them my money. I, you know, we usually look for larger houses because we have a large family. So, you know, I'm going to be sending them several thousand of dollars and I want to know I can trust them. 
And the photographs are something that immediately shows trust. You get an insight, to me, you get an insight to the owner. If your photographs are shady, dark, blurry, subconsciously that tells the viewer this owner might be the same way. Although it's usually not true, of course, but that's what the viewer is seeing is something shady and dark. And it's so important to make your listing photos bright and eye-catching and colorful. And it says a lot about the owner and how much you care for your property and how you present it. I, th I think you've put that uh, that very succinctly and it's uh, th that that's an interesting interesting way to look at it that the photograph looks dark and shady therefore the owner may also be dark and shady. Mm -hmm. So uh, that sort of takes me to my next question is is where should an owner start then? Taking an audit of the photographs that they already have. And I think mm -hmm. if anybody does that and I, and I know you know even my my photographs of my own property are not the best. And, and having read your book, which we're going to talk about in, in a moment, I got the big motivation to go down to my properties over the weekend and redo all my mm -hmm. photographs. Where should an owner start? If they, if they just go back to their listing now and they go, yeah, um, Tyann's right. These are dark and shady and I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most owners are not dark and shady. I don't know a single one who is. So you, you don't want your photos to portray that about you. So go to your listing and look at it as a guest. Think about it. Okay, this isn't your house. You want to go stay at this general area. Just pick anywhere, make it different than your own. So you're just looking at somebody else's house. You have to go in looking at not your house because you are so invested in your own house. You want everybody to love it. And it's kind of like a love is blind type of situation. Take the blinders off, look at it differently as not your place and start looking through there. Would you want to stay in that room? Look at the living room. Do you want to sit in that couch? Do you want to spend time chilling with your, your family, with your parents, your kids, uh, chit-chatting over a cup of coffee? Look at the picture of the, the deck or the patio furniture. Is it inviting you in to sit down, relax, have a vacation? Take a look at each of those photos. Do you have a picture of a hot tub? Does that hot tub really look like you want to go sit in it or is it there with the cover on it and cold light? And what is it showing you? And if you t really don't wanna go to, into that photo to step foot into that photo, you need to redo it. That's a great tip. And I, I did actually do that um, with my own. And there's definitely one photograph. And I thought, no, if I was looking at it from, from a guest perspective, perhaps I, I would not want to, uh, not necessarily not want to go there, but I, I'd perhaps think twice about that place. Um, if there was another mm -hmm. one of near or, or equal quality nearby. So having done that, what's the next thing? We're going to talk about things like the cameras an owner should be using and, and how to take a photograph, the best time of day and when is it right to use flash. But I, I, I'm thinking that most owners at the moment go into their place maybe with an iPhone or, or maybe with a little point and shoot. So, so let, let's kick off with that. Is that enough or, or do they have to go out and buy a lot of expensive equipment? Really, the most important part of a camera, any camera you have, 
is the 12 inches behind it. It's not the camera. The camera is only your tool. You're the most important part. So if you know how to use your iPhone camera and you are excellent at knowing when you have the right light, getting the right angle, and you can use that iPhone tool, go for it. If you would go over, say, to my Instagram account, um, or you can follow me on Facebook or Google, I do post uh, several iPhone photos as well. You know, they look wonderful, I mean, just as much as, as my regular camera photos. As far as a point and shoot, you can definitely use that also. If you're just starting out and you don't know what to use, you definitely want at least a point and shoot that you can control your shutter speed. But the best thing is to just get a basic DSLR camera. And that's one of those cameras where you can change the lens. One of those with the basic kit lens and a tripod, and then also a remote shutter release. Those three, well actually four things, would be the most important. Your tripod, your basic DSLR, a lens that goes down to 18 millimeters. If not, a little bit more is okay. You don't want to get too fish eye of a lens. And then your remote shutter release. That sounds really technical. So I'm going to just come in here just to mm -hmm. let our listeners know that you've, you've written an ebook called Create Killer Vacation Rental Property Photos. I read this book. It explains just about everything that you've just said. So we probably mm -hmm. won't go into huge amounts of detail on those things because it's all in that uh, in that ebook, and yes. we've got more to come on that ebook towards the end of 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 this episode. But I have to say, Tyann, that mm -hmm. after I'd read that, I mean, I I, I have a Canon T something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and I probably use it quite badly. I use it on the auto setting. I, I walk into a property and, you know, I own a vacation rental agency. So right. I probably photograph a hundred properties every year and realize now that I, uh, that there is a much better way of doing it and a much more, a, a way that's going to be more effective in the future. Just, just by reading that book last night, I realized that I don't have to be afraid of it. I think that was the main thing. I don't have to be afraid of it and just continue to use all the auto settings. All right. those other things, all those other things are actually not as frightening as I originally thought. So as I say, we're going to talk a bit more about the book a bit later on, but uh, it, it definitely is a go-to publication, I think, for any vacation rental owner. Uh, and I'm going to be directing everybody to go buy this at the at the end of the uh, the episode. So, okay, we've got a camera. Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what it is, what about a tripod? I, I think most people are so used to just picking up a camera, taking a snap, and then off they go. Got this digital camera that you can take 100 pictures and you've got to choose the best one. So really, does it matter about a tripod? Oh, yes. Um, I, I go into all the technical details in the ebook, but just as an overview, you want to be able to have a slow shutter speed, and you cannot do that while hand-holding your camera. To be able to get everything sharp and to have the right exposure, you have to have that slow shutter speed, and you will be amazed at the difference it can make. The other th reason you need a tripod is you want to be able to save your knees. And the thing is, <laughs> you go low. I know everybody says, go high, go high. You need, sometimes you can go high, but the majority of the photos, you need to go low. You need to go at the height of about an eight-year-old, okay? 
that means you would have to squat down, you have to kneel down, but with the tripod, you know, you put your camera on there and then you're able to take the shot from the tripod. You can just bend over, you know, set it up. The other thing with a, a tripod, you gotta be able to do that slow shutter speed. You want to save your knees because let's face it, we're all getting older, uh, squatting down for periods of time or kneeling down isn't too bad, but it's the getting up part that's <laughs> horrible. Well, I would so, I would have never thought about um, when you say go low. Uh, I think I, I always walk into a room in a property and just stand there and start taking pictures. I've done it before in bedrooms, and I've, I've sort of squatted down because you get that much better picture across a, a bed. I've seen a lot of photographs, and people seem to stand in the doorway and try and get as much in as possible. Right, but the thing about just standing there taking the picture... It's the normal average view. Everybody's used to it. There is no pizzazz to it. It's not inviting. It's just there. But if you get down, you are at that level where it seems like you can just walk into the scene. You're not just looking at the scene. You want to walk into the scene. The whole chapter eight, I think it's chapter eight, of my ebook just totally goes into the psychology of the photograph. And I talk a lot about what Corona beer has done. Now, if you, you know, Google Corona beer, YouTube commercials, and look at what, what it is. It is down low view, and you see the chairs sitting there at the beach. And you just want to walk right into that scene and join them, put your feet up and have a beer. That's what you have to do with your photos too. I mean, you can't just let Corona beer get away with it. It's your marketing, you're advertising, you're creating the scene for guests to want to come into. That's a fantastic example. And I'm going to, I will find that Corona beer advert um, and put that in the, in the show notes too. So people can go in and, and just take a look at that. You know, if people come away with nothing else from this, which is highly unlikely, but you know, if they stop listening now, well, you've got this tip about going low and taking photographs that way, because, um, I can't wait to get down to Osprey Cottage at the weekend and uh, and get some low pictures in. Yes, yes. Um, tell me about lighting, because I, I'm always unsure, you know, should I have the lights on? Should I have the lights off? What time of day is better? And when should I use flash? Right. Um, first thing, turn your flash off. Do not use your pop-up flash. Um, if you're more experienced, you may use an off-camera flash or one of the flashes that you attach and then you can bounce the light. But at this point, most people aren't to that. Um, personally, I don't use a flash right now, so you can get excellent photos without a flash. The most important part, actually there's two most important parts when you talk about light for your vacation rental. One is don't do it um, late at night when there's no light outside. Generally, I like to take photos in the middle of the day. Uh, that's usually between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. A lot of people will say, oh, no, that's not the magic hour. That's not the time when the light outside is the same as the light inside. But that's all right, because you want the warm light to come in. The second part is you have to have your white balance set correctly on your camera done a number of tv interviews where where the people have come along to, to my place of work and brought the camera to do it here and they always sort of hold up a sheet of white paper is that what they're doing is checking the white balance yes so they are. tell me what this means 
What this means is when you look through photos, remember, you take a picture of your bathroom. That's the worst one. All of a sudden in the picture, it shows up yellow. You've got yellow light everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh my goodness, my bathroom is not yellow. What is up with this? What happens is your camera is dumb. It's stupid. It doesn't know what your eyes see. And when you have your white balance on auto, it gets confused. What you have to do is go into your settings and tell your camera what kind of light is in the room. So you want to change it to the little tiny, it's like a little sketch of a light bulb with, with the little things coming out of it. And that is for the incandescent interior lighting. So now your camera knows, hey, the light coming in is going to be more yellow. So I'm going to counteract that and make it white so it comes out correctly okay so so where i'm going on the camera is just to the to, to settings and now mm -hmm. now is this just for doing bathrooms or is this for all interiors it's for any interior that is lit by a regular light bulb i will make sure i find that icon and we'll put it in the show notes so um so people get to uh or, or perhaps you can you can email yes. me and let me let yes. me see that terrific I'll give you yeah you'll want to go change your white balance and i'll send you the icon picture so you can see what it looks like and make sure you change it from auto to the incandescent lighting. Now, just make sure when you're done, and if you go outside to take a picture, you wanna change your white balance to daylight or cloudy or shade, because each one of those lights, those types of lights are a different color. I would say probably 90% of the people that, uh, that are listening to this or that, that go and take photographs are of their own vacation rentals have never moved off the auto setting. Absolutely. And uh, so, so this is um, this is going to be quite an eye opener, and that's pun entirely intended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just taking um, the example of bathrooms, you are you are definitely on my wavelength because I noticed in your book you did make one comment about avoiding toilets. That's my big thing. I hate. Everybody knows what one looks like. And over yes. and over again, you see a picture of a toilet. And it's just like, come on, people. I know. And when they leave the seat up, no. I just noticed from a couple of the photographs, on because I've looked at your vacation rental properties, I love, mm -hmm. and, and this is something that I have done before, it's using the mirror in a bathroom to its yes. fullest effect. Is that you can take a photograph where, where you've got the reflection from the mirror, which um, it just makes it, makes it look bigger anyway. But also, you, you don't have to have the entire bathroom in the shot. I like to throw in a detailed shot of a smaller bathroom so I don't show the toilet. I might show the faucet and the, a real pretty hand soap container or a vase. You know, there's more to it than just showing a toilet sitting there and if you if you can't avoid it go zoom in go to the details yeah uh, the, the only thing about using the mirror is you've got to double check that you are not in the shot yeah i've i've made that mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh look i can see somebody in there taking a picture <laughs> yes yes now if it's completely unavoidable to be able to get the shot and a part of you is in it. Try to get yourself to where it's a part you can just take out, whether it's cropping it or there's software programs like Photoshop, Photoshop Elements, Lightroom, 
where you can easily just remove yourself from the picture and it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Talking about from shots to avoid, do you have any other other hints, you know, other tips on, on what owners should avoid when they're taking their pictures? Yes. Um, I actually, I recently did a whole blog post of um, the things that you should avoid. And one of the things that a lot of owners don't realize is how messy a kitchen can look when you have all your appliances and um, towels out and everything on the counters. The first thing I do when I walk into a vacation rental to take the pictures is I walk through and I remove things. I will clear a counter off. I will leave maybe the coffee maker or the Keurig machine, you know, something that's heavy and can't be easily moved. I'll leave it there. I will reduce any countertop bases and decor to minimum because the more you have, the more messy it looks. When you just walk into a place, it doesn't seem like that. Um, it seems very appealing to have everything out, which is great. But a picture, a photograph has a way of bringing out every single little detail. And if your towel isn't straight, you will notice that in the photograph. If you've got five appliances, if you've got your blender, you got your griddle, you got your waffle maker, you got your curd machine, you got your espresso machine, everything lined up. And then you add your toaster in there too. It makes your kitchen look small because it's so jammed packed with all this stuff on the counter. Take it out. Leave one thing, it looks cleaner. Yeah, I totally agree. And that, that sort of moves me on to staging and Yes. Because that that is actually what somebody asked me recently. So so what is staging? And and basically, I I told them just that it's 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 creating a, a simple, clean, clear look, so that some when somebody looks at a, at a picture, they're just going to fall in love with it, and they probably won't fall in love with all the magnets on your fridge. <laughs> you you were at the Home Away Summit as as uh -huh. I was. And um, you, you did a seminar too. Uh, and mine, I think I, I said at one point in that, that staging is more than just a bowl of fruit. Exactly. And I, I often see that. I'll go to a property and, and an owner has said, oh, I've staged it for you. And, and they've got a bowl of fruit on the side. And everywhere I go, in every room, they move the bowl of fruit. Yes. <laughs> so here's my staging. It is more than a bowl of fruit. It's definitely more than the origami towel on the end of a bed. It's the whole concept of, of creating desire, really, isn't it? Yes, it is. I mean, just creating this photograph that, you know, people want to come into, it, it welcoming, welcoming the guests into the area and creating that desire. It's, I, when I go to a place, I might spend 30 minutes straightening and crimping and fluffing pillows. And I go into a bedroom and I will do straightens and tweaks and everything. I will unplug the television. I will hide the cords everywhere, clean it up. I mean, when, when you go to say to place, it might be plugged in. You might have an ugly cord sticking out at the baseboard. You don't notice it. But when you take the photograph and that cord is sticking out behind the baseboard, that's all your eye sees is this black, ugly cord. So go through and hide your cords, straighten the blankets, fluff your pillows, make sure your pictures on the wall are straight, please. <laughs> it's, 
there's so many of those little tiny tweaks and yeah, it takes time, but you know what? The difference between a good photograph and a great photograph is sometimes just five minutes. And, and really that, that's what it comes down to. It's, it's a setting, you say five minutes, but really it's five minutes for each photo. It's setting aside mm-hmm. the time to, to create the look for every single photo. I love, you know, you've been talking about pillows on beds. That's, that's another one of my, not, not so much bugbears, but just one of those things that I keep seeing on, on listings is, is a bed with a flat bedspread and two pillows. Oh, I know. I know. Those do absolutely nothing. When you think that people are going to a vacation rental and they're going to spend probably 50%, 40, 50% of their time sleeping and they want to get the good night's sleep. I know from my own experience, when we look at vacation rental listings, I go straight for the bedrooms. And if the bedrooms don't do it for me, really nothing else will. Right, right. And it's uh, the difference that three pillows can make on a bed is tremendous. They'll spend a couple hundred dollars in pillows. Yeah, your husband may say, what? That's a waste of money. People throw them on the floor. However, the effect that you create with fluffy pillows, just the fact that people want to just lay in a big pile of fluffy pillows, it's vacation. You know, you're creating an experience. And it's just amazing what pillows can do to create an experience. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you only need to go to, to, to get ideas. You only need to go to Pinterest or, yes, oh, um, I love Pinterest. Yeah, uh, go go to Pinterest and and look for bedroom pictures and the ideas there. I mean, I my my pin I've got a Pinterest page which is um, staging for vacation homes, and every mm-hmm. time I see a, a sort of delicious bed, it goes onto that Pinterest page. So um, you know, I'll, I'll put a link to that as well because just doing that for me gave me so many ideas for for my own place, and I went out and bought all these different throw pillows and I don't uh, some of them I've never even used but but they they mm-hmm. may come in handy at uh, at at some time one thing I want to make very very clear to people is that staging for vacation homes is not the same as staging for um real estate anything right. you use to stage a vacation home should really be there when people yes. get there don't take all the throw pillows from home up to the vacation home to make a a lovely looking bed and then take them away again, just leaving two flat pillows, because Correct. there will be no wow experience when people walk in the door. They want to see exactly what they not necessarily when I say exactly, you know, I, I know that, you know, you, you might change the design of your, your comforter or, um, uh, or or the decor in general, but uh, mm-hmm. but but the concept should be the same. So if you've got lots of fluffy looking pillows on the bed in the, in the listing photograph, then they should also be there in, uh, in reality when people arrive. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Same as if you're going to set your table up with the, the napkins and the napkin, ring, napkin rings and the wine glasses and the candlesticks, you know, yeah, they're not going to be all decked out, set up when they arrive, but make sure they're there so they can set the table the way you have it because you've created an experience in this photo that they very well may want to mimic and have that experience. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. 
I've taken photographs with the table laid up for a Thanksgiving dinner, for for instance, because I think mm -hmm. if if I'm going to be promoting um, Thanksgiving, then I want to give the image to people so they can imagine themselves sitting down to that table and and you're know, getting that effect. And and if I was then to take away all that lovely glassware and and all those delightful looking plates and um, the centerpiece so they don't have it to create recreate it they're not going to be very happy because that's what's been in their minds uh while they've been planning their their stay and and you know staging such fun isn't it it is it is exciting especially if you've got a little bit of budget to work with you know um but it's important when when we did our first home it was very difficult for my husband to let me use some budget to decorate and we did not talk for a little while. Um, <laughs> and, but by the second house, my budget was much larger uh, to use. He was all for it. Uh, he made sure I went to my favorite stores. And he participated in several of the major uh, decorating decisions. He even picked out the huge centerpiece for the great room, which was awesome. It's, um, it, it's a different mindset. I mean, decorating your own home, yeah, you can add a thing here, add a thing there over the 10 years, right? You look at my house now, I'm very embarrassed to say the walls are pretty bare. <laughs> There's barely anything on them. Um, but if you go to my vacation rentals, you've got to set those up. You've got to create this, not, maybe your trend, you know, the thing you need to do is homey. Maybe your thing needs to be um, lodgy. You know, no matter what your decor is, you've got to have your decor there. Uh, showing a picture of a bed with absolutely nothing on the wall, no photos, uh, showing a window without curtains, it shows you're not invested in the place. And your guests want to know the owner is invested in the place and they want to go to a place to have an experience. And decorating and getting it ready for them is part of it. So. I, I encourage you, you don't have to go buy new, of course. You can always go to resale shops um, and things like that. There's ways to get around um, what you want to do, but it's possible and it's necessary, especially if you want to be fully booked and have lots of guests. So on, on that topic, what actually makes a photograph stand out from the crowd, do you think? I've, I've seen a lot of these um, HDR photos. Sure. And... and they they really look good. Is this is this something that you'd recommend people do? Um, you have to be very very careful with HDR. Um, HDR stands for high dynamic range, and the the thing with the camera, like I said earlier, your camera is stupid. It is dumb. Um, one of the things that shows that is our eyes, the in the light that we can see. Light is measured in what's called stops, like time is measured in seconds. Well, light is measured in stops. And our eyes can see, I think it's around 16 stops from dark to bright, from black to white. That is a large range of light that our eyes can see. Now, a camera can only see five stops of light. That is it. So if you have a room where there's a dark shadowy part and then you have a very bright, bright window out and you want to see the view outside, it's 
beyond the capabilities of a camera. So that's when they bring in HDR, high dynamic range, where they'll take a photo and get the five stops of light in the dark area. Then they'll take another photo to get the mid range, that mid five stops of light. And they'll take a third photo and get the really bright area, the top five stops of light. Then after that, they take them into a software program and merge them together. When it's done right, like you said, it is beautiful. It's gorgeous. If it's done wrong, ooh, it's very cheesy, uh, painterly looking, very fake, overly processed. So it's definitely an option, but only if you do it right. So, so you'd probably not rec um, recommend this for a novice. This is perhaps more an, a, a more advanced technique. Yes, it's definitely a more advanced technique. However, it's getting easier. Um, if you can get your photos, if you create your photos correctly, the software that's available now is makes it so easy. I mean, it's literally a couple clicks and you've got it. If you want to do it, you know, look up the software called Photomatics. P-H-O-T-O-M-A-T-I-X, and it's over at hdrsoft.com, and pick up a copy over there, and you can play with it. Uh, they do have a free version to play with. Like I said, if you don't get your photos done, you know, created correctly in the first place, your end product is not going to look good. Okay, well that that's good advice, and uh, I'll put uh, I'll put links to um, Photomatics and HDRsoft.com on the uh, on the so on the show notes, so so people can you know take a look for themselves, and if they want to have a play Absolutely. at it, then uh, then then they can. Back to the original question, then what makes a photograph stand out from the crowd? You know, if somebody's not using HDR. Yes, um, there's two things. One is light, and one is composition. If you mess one of those up, your picture is not going to look good. It's not going to stand out from the crowd. Um, people will pass it by. It won't catch their eye. But if you nail your light and composition, your photo will draw their eye in. They will click on your listing. They will spend time on your listing. They will fall in love with your place. Yeah, it was interesting. In, in your book, you have two photographs of, of the same pool. The one of them which which has a couple of kids playing in the pool. That's the sort of photograph you see all the time, you know, and it's yes. it's just a pool. And then yes. you've got the alternative, which is a, a low photograph. I can see it's been taken from, from yep. a low place and it it has a chair and the pool is absolutely still. There's nobody there. It looks so much more inviting. Yes. the I mean, You could step right into that chair, kick your shoes off, you know, get your face to the sun and you could, the water's so still, you just want to run and jump and, you know, do a huge cannonball and create these splash and the ripples and just do this. Whereas the other one, I mean, there's even a fence. You see the fence, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see the fence in the other one, but the fence creates a barrier between you coming into the picture and into the pool. And it just doesn't work. It was very interesting seeing them side by side because it, it was... Hard to, I had to I had to do a, a bit of a double take really to see that they they were the same it was the same pool so very cleverly done and and once again why I'm recommending that uh, that people go to um, to your website and download 
the book. It's very um, inexpensive and I think um, it will help anybody out who, who just wants to have better photographs. So um, let me, um, b- before we finish, I want to get some of your tips um, for selecting a thumbnail photo because um, when I talked to Erin, about um, copywriting, she was very much tying in the headline with the thumbnail photo. And she had a great, um, a great example of an owner differentiating themselves from others in a Hawaii location where um, most of their competitors were just using the beach photograph and, and she had suggested that they get all this, this um, children's beach stuff and then lean it up against the deck steps and take mm-hmm. a photograph of that. And then the headline said something like, your, your kids mm-hmm. will love being on the beach or something like that. Yes, yes. Um, one of the things with that picture she described, which is so good, is that it is simple. The thing with a thumbnail is you have to have a simple photograph, uh, simple lines to it. And the best way to figure out if your photograph is simple enough is you need to squint your eyes. And if you can still see the clear shape of what is in the photograph, you're good. But if all you see is just a blur of all kinds of different stuff intertwining, you have not gone simple enough. And a stack of toys, beautiful, simple, succinct. It says something that is awesome. Just get the right light on it, the beautiful colors, and that is great. It says something about the vacation rental and what they want it to say, you know, matching it up with it's kid friendly. You're going to have a blast. Personally, I would absolutely click on that. I mean, my boys, oh gosh, yeah, toys, ma, we got to look at that place. You know, top runner for us. The other thing Erin was talking about was um, the personas, identifying the people that that are going, that, that you're trying to aim for and then create the headline and text for them. And I'm guessing that the photograph should be um, directed to the persona as well. Um, I, I came up with an example that I'd, I'd seen of, of the two bicycles just leaning against um, against a fence and mm-hmm. the headline was cycle to the farmer's market from this um and it was just said the location cottage and yes. and that to me because you know if they're, they're they're looking to attract couples who like out the outdoor experience and that's just like wow that's exactly what i want to do on vacation is is just take the bikes and and go off and pick stuff up from the farmer's market and bring it back and cook it for lunch and you can go on and on from that and it's just a simple photo and a simple headline mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Keep it simple, keep it colorful and keep it um, exactly what you guys talked about last week is that persona. You have to go directly to the people you want to attract. Well, do you know, Tyann, we have we've we've covered an awful lot, but I know we could probably cover uh, a huge amount more. But uh... <laughs> Yes, that's what, like I said, if you get me talking about <laughs> photography and vacation rentals, we will talk all day and all night and just keep going on and on and on. Well, well, you've motivated me for sure, and uh, I, I will probably at some point um, over the next couple of months do a blog post. I think that shows the before and afters of 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 my cottage. So, from yes. you know what I learned from you, this is what I had before, and this is what I have now. Once uh, once I I get away from the comfort and familiarity of the um, the automatic setting. The other thing, just something that I just want to, to end on before we move into an offer that you have for our listeners, uh, 
is um, a comment that we so often see in reviews, and you mentioned it in your book, and mm -hmm. it, the, the comment is, the photographs didn't do the place justice. And yes. really, you say, that is the one comment you never want to see. Correct. Yes. And, and the reason? The reason is, is you have not created um, an online experience to draw the people in. I mean, yeah, you've, people, some people will say, but I've gone above and beyond their expectations. What if, what if my pictures are too good and I don't meet their expectations? But no, it, it's not like that. It's when people say that you have not represented your place because it's better than what they've seen, you are missing out on so many opportunities and so many other guests who have looked at your pictures and said, eh, that's not good enough. Mm -hmm. you know, you're missing out on them. So when you hear they're not good enough, yeah, they're not good enough. <laughs> Yeah, that, do them. <laughs> that that's exactly what that comment is saying. It's and I and I've had I had somebody say, well, you know, they they really loved it. They said the pictures didn't do it justice. And I said, well, what that's actually telling you that your pictures aren't very good. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> and think of all the people who have clicked away instead yes. of of booking. You know, if you've got empty weeks, it could be because your pictures are not doing the place justice. So go back and take them again. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, too, um, is, you know, I always recommend you do want to get a professional photographer. They can do the best for you. However, you still need to learn how to create a photograph because that professional photographer is only at your place for a specified amount of time. And it's a very short period of time. But you, you can be at your vacation rental. You know, when you go down there to work for a couple of days or if you go down there to enjoy it for a couple of days, you're there in the morning when the sun kisses the deck with your coffee cup in hand. Grab your camera. Get a picture of that. Put your coffee cup up there with the steam rising up. You know, at night, if you're in the hot tub, blue hour has set in. The stars are coming out. Grab your camera and tripod and get the shot. There's so many things that are there and just waiting for you to, to create this photograph and experience for people to see. And unless you have a professional photographer come stay at your place 24-7 every season of the year, you know, only you can do that. Well, I think, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head in absolutely um, um, every part of this episode, Tyanne. And um, I, I just thank you so much for giving up your time um to talk about it you're you're in okay so i want to uh, just go into the the offer that you've made which is is very mm -hmm. generous that um that you are going to give away three copies of your ebook yes. um to, uh, to to listeners who will go who go to the show notes and i what i would like to see from them is is a comment uh, on what they would like to improve in their vacation rental pictures and and i'd also like them to really be upfront and put a link in to their listing and uh, you don't have to do that but uh, but it would be great for you to do that and you know if you if you put um if you if you make a change based on on what tyan said and the things that are in her ebook 
we would love to showcase your before and after pictures. So what oh, we'd like absolutely. you to do, yeah, wouldn't that be great? Um, yes, yes. And so, so what, um, what we'd like you to do is, is make this comment on the show notes and, uh, and we'd also like you to, I'm going to put a link in to, to Tyann's um, um, site and we'd love you to also sign up for her. So, so this is for your, your blog, uh, for, for, for your. It's um, an email newsletter. Okay. And I send out uh, like marketing tips and photography tips and um, I've got some really, really exciting things on the horizon. So they will be first to know about those um, as well. Um, things like mentoring. And I am thinking about giving it away a mentoring session in a month or so. Just so many exciting things coming out. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Um, you know, I, I would probably definitely benefit from a mentoring session. So I'm signing up. Tyann, that's fantastic. And we will look forward to reading the comments. And, and hopefully, um, um, and both Tyann and I will go onto the show notes and, um, and, and come back. If you comment, you're going yes. to hear, hear back from at least one of us. Yes. So, uh, so go ahead, make a comment. We'll be doing a draw in 10 days after the publication date. So you have 10 days from the date of publication, which you'll see at the top of the show notes to uh, to make your comment and and go into a draw for one of the three copies of of Tyann's ebook. Tyann, thank you so much. Uh when I come down to Branson, I'm going to have to try and make it at a time when you're there so we can actually get together and meet in person. That would be fantastic. Absolutely, that would be wonderful. And I, you know, we're, we don't live too far. We're, you know, less than 4 hours away, so I'd be happy to drive down and come see you. And Heather, thank you so, so much for having me on today. You're very welcome. It's been a great discussion. Thanks, Tyann. That was a really great interview with Tyann. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, and I hope you got as much out of it uh, as I have. I'm going to be picking up my Canon T3i and heading off down to my cottages where I will put up the tripod, take off the automatic mode, and test out some of these techniques in manual. Probably take a couple of hours over it. I've I've been guilty like many people are of I'm just having 10 minutes and I'm just there perhaps doing a, a quick tidy up before the next guests come. I've got the camera. I'll just take a few shots that can go onto the website. And really that's not the thing to do. It's got to be a focused effort to make the photos as best they can possibly be. So, as I mentioned as well, uh, Tyann's ebook is terrific. It's one of the best value books uh, on photography at $9.99 that I've seen for a long time. And because it's so focused on vacation rentals, it, every, every part of it, every page is relevant to what we do. So, as ever, I hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast. And if you have, would love you to go to iTunes and write a review. You just need to go to the show notes. Mike has put a handy little link in there that if you just click on that, it will take you directly to iTunes and you can write your review. I'm just the same as you are when, when you've had people stay at your property and you'd love them to write a review on your listing. I would love you to write a review for the podcast as well. And while you're at it, if you've got any questions about photography in your vacation rentals, pop over to the show notes and write it in the comments. Uh, I've asked Tyann to keep an eye on the comments. And uh, if you've got a photography-related question, 
then uh, then write it there. Tyan will come back to you with uh, with a response. And I respond to every comment as well. And uh, and I'd love to hear from you. So that's uh, that's about it for today. As ever, I've thoroughly enjoyed the the interview and bringing you more tips, help, recommendations on how to make your vacation rental a complete success. Let me know if you've got any ideas on upcoming interviews. Anybody out there you'd like me to to talk to? Would you like me to talk to you? I would love to do some episodes with successful owners. So just pop me an email and let me know. For now, thank you so much for listening and I'll look forward to being with you next time.